Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, and welcome to Lucy's Week in Ambridge. We began the week, no, the fortnight actually, uh, with Ed muttering, how can you get fired from the same job twice? It's you, Ed. With your luck, you could be unemployed, fire yourself, and still get sued for constructive dismissal. He then did a bit of musing about Will, who he described as like his right arm. A right arm that keeps punching you in the face, Ed, yes. Alice was hiding under a duvet until Brian blew over, something which Jenny Darling has had to do many times, particularly after a heavy night on the venison casserole. Chris, the world's most unobservant man, was bashing away in his forge, clang, 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 completely oblivious to the fact that his other half was causing total havoc. Firstly, she told Ed to put the malting barley in with the wheat, or the wheat in with the barley malt, or all of it in with some barley sugars, I don't know. Anyway, it was wrong. And as a result, Ed got the hairdryer treatment from Brian and the boot. Alice dealt with that one by running round the village. Not screaming or anything, just running around. Normally she climbs trees, so at least this time she managed to stay on terra firma. Then she decided to plan what sounded like the world's most appalling party. Apart from the lorry loads of booze bit, that sounded right. With flipping party bags and all manner of stuff that generally suggests that the party is not about the person being celebrated, in this case Eeyore Adam, but all about the person who organised it, so that all the guests have to say, Oh, how well you have organised this! And no one actually says to the person being celebrated, Did you did you want this then, or not? It's like the opposite of a party pooper, but just as annoying, a party prepper. She then threw a massive hissy fit, because Eeyore Adam had decided to go away for his birthday, despite the fact that she hadn't told about the party, so why wouldn't they? Who would want to stay in Ambridge? with your dad roaring about like Brian Blessed, a baby bouncing on your gammy leg and everyone being grumpy and miserable, at least going to Cumbria, everyone's grumpy and miserable but with a view. So, after tantruming about, because no one was taking any notice of a party that no one knew was happening, she then briefly became Bette Davis. I don't know why. Ed said she sounded drunk, but she didn't to me, she just sounded fascinatingly mad. She leant back in her office chair, lit a cigarette and flicked her feather boa over her shoulder. Ed, 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 she said. That confused him as he thought she was seeing triple. Then she was delightfully rude about Emma and dismissed him. Two hours later, she'd got him his job back, he'd got a bonus, and she thought he fancied her. Baffling. Then Emma got involved. Emma getting involved in something is a bit like watching a YouTube video of someone lighting a small barbecue and then the next shot is from a police helicopter showing the whole house a smoking pile of ashes. She is an accelerant. 
She trotted round to Alice and Chris's, tried to be tactful for two minutes and then thought to hell with it and told Alice that she was an alcoholic. I mean, it's horrible, but I am relieved. I love it when a story pops and you can go, because now we're not the only ones who know. You know what I mean. Blimey, though, it comes to something, doesn't it? When you find yourself thinking, oh, good. Thank goodness Ed and Emma are on the case. (laughs) Over at Ambridge Hall where Mercury has been retrograde for about six months now, Linda was having phone sex with Lillian and Lillian advised her to get a syrup, which she did. Lillian attempted to engage Robert in a chat about sex, but he thought she was talking about granola. I can see where the confusion arose, though. Nuts. It gets everywhere, and you spend the rest of the day picking bits out of your teeth. It all went a bit wrong, because by the time they'd sorted out the muesli sex kerfuffle, Robert was in the kitchen wolfing Viagra, but at least it gave Linda somewhere to hang her tea towels. Susan told everyone in her squeaky voice that she'd been criticised online for having a squeaky voice. She then went on to compare herself to Madonna, uh, which was a bit of a reach, but maybe her and Neil are recreating Madonna's sex book on Chilly Night, who knows. Happily, she was able to dismiss the criticism as social media trolling. The way Twitter's going, Susan, by the time you're back on air, anyone who said anything rude about you would have been cancelled. There'll have been a protest march and we'll be putting you on the empty plinth in Trafalgar Square. And we finally heard from Philip and Gav. Philip was chuntering on about leaving Ambridge and going to live in the sun somewhere. Excellent! Don't let the door hit you on the arse on the way out, Philip. However, he did not seem to have mentioned this to Krusty. And I cannot see her living on the Costa del Prostate with a load of old giffers eating wool sausages and complaining that the Spanish were a bit too Spainy. Actually, I can't see Krusty anywhere hot at all. If anyone was made for drizzle, it's Kirsty. Everyone was up in arms because Kate's ridiculous idea for Xander's birthday was a Michelin-starred restaurant baby meal. But it's perfect! Those type of restaurants are useless for adults, but ideal for babies. Everything is teeny tiny. It takes absolutely ages. You have to pretend that the food is like other things, so like a fish finger is a train to make a baby eat it, but in a Michelin-starred restaurant, it would be a deconstructed fish finger, which would be half a goujon and seven breadcrumbs built into the shape of the Great Pyramid of Giza or something. And there are smears of things all over the place. This could be the brightest thing Kate has ever done. I know the bar's pretty low, but still. And finally the happiest news of the week. Not that Tracy is suing the arse of Philip and Gav. Not that she rang into Susan's show and made her describe herself as selfish on air. Nor was it her reference to Ambridge viewers cold and soulless or going into great detail about the state of her father's earwax. No, the happiest news of the week is that Tracy's middle name is Tennille, as in the captain and, (laughs) oh happy day, the end. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.